0: And uh, it's good to be back in the house of the Lord and uh, to preach for the, in that sense, for this service, the first preach for the first time in this service for this year, yeah. And uh... <laughs> it's so cute! Suddenly there was a mouse running up towards me. Can I can I just share from my heart this evening, because you know throughout this. This past couple of weeks, um, as I was preparing for twenty nineteen and asking the Lord, Lord, what is what 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 do you want to do in twenty nineteen? You know, what is the new thing that you want to do? What is what are you speaking to me about? Because I don't want to come into another year and then it's business as usual, B A U. You know, we, we don't want to come into that and then it's another year of just toiling and toiling and toiling and then let's see at the end of the year, okay. Thank you, Jesus, for seeing me through. Ha, ah, thank God. And I got through it. I want to come through, come in a year, receiving a word from the Lord and and believing in it, and getting into this year excited to know that God has a purpose. God has something more in my life. So the Lord spoke to me. You know, I can be preparing sermons and and all that, but it doesn't get easier. It doesn't get easier because the Lord continues to stir and, and you can ask them, you know, last couple of nights, last couple of weeks, it has been just preparing and preparing and preparing and it's tough. It's easy if I just go on the internet and download something and preach it and tailor it. But when you and you want to hear from the Lord and you really want to allow the Lord to speak to you, it's it's something that really gripped my heart and I believe that the Lord, that the Lord wants to encourage us and speak prophetically over us as well this evening. Amen? Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's read this portion of scripture. You know, as I was doing my devotion, if there's any book in the Bible like that that really speaks to me prophetically in my life, it's none other in the book of Romans. And the Lord spoke very specifically from this from this verse, Romans chapter 4, verse 17 to 21. Can we can we go to the scripture? Let's read this together, okay, at the count of three. One, two, three. That is what scripture mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do Whatever He promises, Father, speak to us through Your Word this evening, Lord. Even as we begin this year, Lord, we want to. I just want to beg- believe, Father, that God. This was a prophetic word, Father, for Your people. And I pray, O oh God, that as Your Word is spoken this evening, Lord, let it minister to hearts. Let it begin, O oh God, to 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 grip our hearts. O oh God, that we will hold on to it for the rest of our lives, not just for the rest of the year, but for the rest of our lives, that we will know, oh God, your word is true and we can hold on to it. It is the only anchor to our souls. We thank you, oh God. We commit, Lord, both the, the speaker and the hearer of your words, Father, let it be a time where your power and your presence manifest here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Please be seated. Now, The worship team and Roger didn't know what I was going to preach about. So whatever happened just now, whatever that was released, the word that was released just after worship was really, it was just an alignment to, to confirm that this is really what the Lord wants to speak over our lives. And I believe, you know, even as we as we come into this new year, God wants to do something, things that God really challenged me. You know, he's been, there's a year, this is year that he's going to shift things. He's going to shift things. I, I'm just going to share with you whatever got dropped into my heart as I was doing this. So I, I penned it down as he was talking to me. He said, I'm going to shift things. Things have already been shifting in, in, throughout your life. But in this coming year, you will literally begin to see it. You will literally begin to see it. The shift, you know, if you actually look at the definition of shift, shift is actually moving something slightly. You shift something slightly. That is one of the definition. It's, it's a slight change, and sometimes when it's so slight, right? You don't even know that. You don't even know that it actually happened, yeah. So like now, if I if I just shift this table a little bit to to the right, you don't even know that it's moved because it's so little. But the Lord said this year, the shifting is going to happen, and you will literally see what's going to happen. You literally see this move that God is going to do. And he said this, that whatever I'm going to do is beyond what you can understand but beyond what you can see, but beyond what you can perceive in your minds and, you cannot, and no church can contain it. No church can contain it. Throughout history, whatever God wants to do, there has been no temple of God and there has been no building, there has been no church that is able to contain what God wants to do. Amen? Amen? God is able to move and work through different ways and we cannot contain it. And this is what the Lord says, whatever, there's nothing, there's nothing that can contain the impact that He wants to make. Things that have seemed dormant for many years, this year there will be a gear shift things that may have seen dormant for many years in your life, this year there will be a gear shift. Things that may have been stationary or at maybe first gear. God says, suddenly you're going to see it moving on to third, fourth, fifth gear and it's going to move so fast, you can't even believe that it's happening. I need you to perceive this in your spirit. And I need you to know that this is what the Lord wants to challenge each and every one of us. And from this scripture, just now as we read it, it just jumped out. Romans chapter 4, verse 17 to 21. It says, this is what the scripture said when God told him, Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in God who brings the dead back to life, who creates new things out of nothing. Wow, I love this. Firstly, you must remember that God's going to break the norm. God's going to break the norm. Oh, come on. God's going to break the norm. You see, God's been challenging, remember, to say that, you know, how great He is, how powerful is, He is. Just because He has answered our prayers in a certain way, just because He has done it in a certain way, does not mean He's going to do it that same way all the time. That's why He's been saying over and over this last couple of weeks, even as I was preparing and reading the Word of God, over and over again, I begin to see in His Word how He works. And how we cannot contain it, how we cannot box Him in, how we cannot just shape it and say that God is going to move in this way. That's it. He's answered me this way this year. Last year, He's going to do it again this year. He's answered me in my business this way, and He's going to do it again this way. He's not. He's a God that every time you read, you read about Him, how He heals the different blind men. It's never the same way. Some, He picks up mud, He spits at it, and He puts it in their eye. Some, He just lays hand and He says, He declares that they are healed. He does it in different ways. Break the norm. Break the norm. And he was almost like shouting at me Gwen, are you reading this? If he was sending me a text message, right, I can just imagine, you know, it would be all in caps. Are you reading this? And exclamation mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, shouting at me. He could have gotten a younger man to fulfill this promise, to make that man to be the father of many nations. He could have gotten a younger man who was healthy to fulfill this promise, couldn't he? Right? Because God is sovereign, right? He can call anybody. He could have called. That's why he chose a virgin girl to bear his, his, uh, his only begotten son. But who did he choose? He chose an important senior citizen. I like He chose an important senior citizen. How amazing is that? I love it. I love, I love it when God does things like that. When he, when he revealed this to me, I said, "Oh my goodness, yeah, of all people, why are you going to choose an important senior citizen? Imagine that. Imagine this. Sarah, baby. Sarah was 90 years old huh? He's 100, yeah? Sarah, baby, go put on your dentures. Come to the room, we're going to make a baby. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but... (laughs) They ask, why need dentures to make baby? (laughs) You mean it's not by kissing only, I (laughs) know. Oh... An important senior citizen. Wow. God really knows how to break the norm. He will tell you this: that age doesn't really, is a, really a number as far as God can, is concerned. Hundred-year-old Abraham, ninety-year-old Sarah. Physical limitations are only in our minds and was never a contention with God. Abraham knew that his body was good as dead. But God is able to bring the dead back to life. That dream, that ambition, that aspiration, that that thought that you had, that you yourself have given up on it, but God says, I can bring it back to life. This isn't a message only for young people. You know, we talk a lot about the Joshua generation entering into the promised land. This is a message for all. Every single one of us. God uses the generations to do His will. We are seated here in a congregation where there are generations that are represented here. Every single one of you play a part in, that, in fulfilling God's promises. Every single part, one of you here are, are a part of someone else's dreams. Someone else's promises. He broke the norm. God broke the norm. Don't put a lid on God this year. Don't put a lid on God on how God can can work in your business. Don't put a lid on God on how God can help you raise your children. Don't put a lid on God on how God can provide for you financially. Because if he can use a senior citizen, he can do all things. Break the norm. We are so fixed in our minds on certain things that we want to see and how it's supposed to be done. But God says, break the norm. I believe God's going to use the young people and the younger people to do things that are out of this world so that, why, why does He do things like this? So that we are all disarmed and we cannot claim any glory and only He deserves the glory. In the case of Abraham and Sarah, no one can claim glory for it. Who can claim glory for it? No one can claim glory. Only God is able to do this miracle. He will allow you. Hmm. This is the part that we don't like. However, He will allow you to go through seasons of impotency. He will allow you to go through seasons where you have nothing. He will bring you to points where it is impossible He will push you to corners where there is no way out. There's no more solutions. And that's where his solutions will come to pass. He will swing wide those doors which you have been on your own trying to open with the keys that you have. He's going to break the norm. He's going to break the norm. God's going to break the norm. Come on, when you nudge your neighbor and tell him, God's going to break the norm. God's going to break the norm. God's gonna break the norm. He is a God that is able to create new things out of nothing. New things out of I've said this before. He is a God, if He is a God, right, who can make the heavens and an earth out of void and emptiness. Void and emptiness, I remember there was nothing, nothing. And yet by the breath of his voice, the earth became being. Everything was created out of nothing by a God who is supreme. So I want you to understand this. Even things that you don't under, don't see now, it's nothing. It is nothing in your hands. It's nothing in your life. You don't even begin to understand there is no way for this thing to happen because there is nothing. But guess what? You have a God who is able to make everything out of nothing. Am I preaching to believers here? God is able to make everything out of nothing. In your business, in your life, in your families, things that don't even, does not even exist now, God is able to make everything out of nothing. Things that are dead, He is able to bring it back to life. He's going to break the norm. He's going to break the norm. And then He said this, this very interesting. Say I'm going to do something through this church. I said, huh? This church is 56 years old this year. In that sense, uh, we are senior citizen in Assemblies of God. Because we are one of the older churches, Assemblies of God churches, in town, in Malaysia. God said this. When everybody thought that this church is at, that's it already, you know, it's 56 is an older church, matured in a, in a lot of ways. Set, it's set in a lot of ways. It is quite difficult to move a church of this size. But God said, this is a perfect storm for His miracle, to, for Him to perform a miracle. Wow. Oh, I like that. Woo-hoo! I want to be a part of that, man. This is a perfect storm for Him to perform a miracle. This place right here. That God's going to do some things in this church that's going to move and shift so dramatically that you and I cannot even imagine or or understand it to be. So you better brace yourselves. And let's move with the move of God. Because He's going to break the norm. He's going to break the norm in your life Break the norm in your situation. Break the norm in the way He works in your life. This year is a year when norms are going to be broken in the name of Jesus because He is sovereign and He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above what we can ask or imagine. Come on! Secondly, He said this. You need to bank on His word. Bank on his word. Bank means to rely on his word. Bank on his word. What do you do when what you see doesn't match up with his word and his promises? What do you do when what you see does not match up with his word and his promises? Abraham received a promise. I will make you a father of many nations. And he looks at himself. Hmm. hmm. Kinda late, lah, God. And Sarah is also like 90 years old, you know? Like a bit difficult. Slight, slight complication here, you know. Uh, yeah. What do you do? What do you do when it doesn't match up? Abraham did just this. He just held on to that very promise. He held on without a shadow of doubt. I, I don't know about you but I think I will have a problem. I will have a problem. I married an engineer. My engineer man is very process driven one, okay? You tell me this is going to happen. Tell me a b c d e how it's going to actually happen. You know, and uh, let's plan this out. I will have a problem. Many of us Come on, y'all don't be spiritual with me, la. You think so easy, man? You think God today, today God tell you, okay, you are gonna have five more kids, okay, okay? Because uh, I see the wife is like, yo, <laughs> cannot be. Ha, ha, you, 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 the two of you, two more, two more to come. You think it's, you're, you, think, uh, you think you think y'all will be like, ah, yes, God, yeah, sure, no problem, you know. We'll be freaking out. And you'd be like, no, 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 no. I think I I I haven't eaten my medicine today. I'm hearing voices now. Abraham held on to this word like as if like a dog holding on to a bone. He did not let it go and he was so firm with it. Even when he didn't feel that Sarah was able to, even when he knew that he probably couldn't either, he held on to God's word. That was, that God, you see, the word was, I have made you a father of many nations. It was already done. It was done deal already. This was the promise that is already confirmed. You, you will be the father of many. You will be. But at the time, nothing also. Nothing. It has been barren and had have not been able to bear forth a child. Nothing. Nothing has happened. But God spoke in a way that it was already done. Now, where are the Abrahams of this generation? Where are the Abrahams of this generation who will hold on to God's word without fear or apology? Abraham's time, they didn't even have the Torah, they didn't even have the word of God that was written written out for them. He got visitations from the Lord, he spoke to the Lord. The Lord told him certain things. Here we are. We've got got the tablet. We've got the phone. All the Bible apps. Everything is inside. You've got Bibles. Some of you have got five, six Bibles in your your shelves, which are still sitting in your shelves. We've got access to, to Google, access to Bible Gateway, access to all sorts of things. Abraham didn't. And yet he held on to the word of God that when God spoke to him, that was it. That was it. I have already made you the father of many nations. I have made you. That's it. You are going to be father. He held on to it. He banged on God's word. Where are the Abrahams of this generation? Where are those who will, who are going to, to, to come before the presence of the Lord and just hold him to his word? We hold, we take the opinions of everybody, we put it on Facebook, we put it on Instagram, we put it on Tweet. We put our opinions and we, we get opinion. If Abraham were to put his, whatever God told him on Facebook, I tell you, everybody would have just told him, you crazy man, you know this is not going to happen. Okay, please, you know, you, I think you need to, to sit down quietly. These scriptures would not have been written if Abraham were to listen to opinions of everyone else. But it was because all Abraham held on to was the very word of God. And I believe that this year, if you want to see a breakthrough in your life, you need to bank on his word. I believe that this generation and this, this house here, everyone is going to begin to dig deeper into the word of God. You're gonna hold on to God's word. Not because what the not just come here on the weekend, on a weekend, on, on Friday or on Saturday or on Sunday, right? And just glean on, on what the pastors say. But every day as you dig deep into the word of God, God's gonna deposit something deeper and deeper into your spirit. It's going to grow so deep that you will know His word. You will know His word for yourself. You will hold on to His word for yourself. Abraham held on to that word for himself. You need to hold on to God's word for yourself. You need to know what what God says about your situation. You need to use the word of God to, to, to go against all the enemy's attack. Not just about we love to pray for you. We love to walk alongside you. We love to counsel you. As pastors and ministers and leaders, we love to do that because we want to journey with you. But you need to know God's word in your heart. It cannot be based on someone else's faith. It cannot be based on my faith, of, on my knowledge of the word of God. That's it. It has to be based on your journey and you understanding the Word of God. You need to bank. This year is a year, and I believe with all my heart that many of you are going to dig deep and you're going to see Scriptures in ways that you've never understood it before. You begin to understand Scriptures. You begin to hold on to His Word and to His promises like never before because that's the only thing that's going to save your life. Amen. Amen. need to bank on his word. I want, I want to have that kind of trust like Abraham had. I want to have that kind of trust like Abraham had. That trust that when God said it, and that's what he wrote, if he says that all things work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose, I will hold on to it. I will hold on to it and I will hold him to his word. I will hold on to it even when I don't see it. When God says he's going to heal, I will hold on to it. I will hold on to it. I want to come to a point in my life where the Word of God is the only thing that is going to hold weight in my life. Not the opinions of people, not the opinions of of friends, not the opinions of anyone else. It is the Word of God that is going to hold me through every season, every journey, everything that I go through. And I pray that this will be you as well. How many of you will join me to be radically devoted and trusting the Word of God? Five people, that's good enough. Because if it takes five people to do that, and you will see that miracle happening in their lives, you will understand what I'm talking about. Abraham banked on God's Word. And that's it. That was how he was. He held on to it radically. He held on to it like it was... That was the only thing. Because really, that was the only thing. There was nothing else to prove it. If he were to look at himself, if he were to look at his own situation, no need. No need to even carry on. No need to even try. Don't even bother trying. No way. Come on. I don't even know if it it, it will even happen. Nothing will happen because, because our logic takes over. And every time our logic takes over, it shuts out God's miracles. Every time our logic takes over, it shuts out God's miracles. And now, I have, today, I want to speak to you that God wants to do great things in your life this year and for many years ahead if you only dare to hold Him to His word. Do you dare? Hmm. Do you dare? to hold on to his word and to his promises when although what you see doesn't match up with what he says. I want to hear testimonies this year. I really want to hear testimonies this year of how God of how God, how you held on to God's word, and see His promises come to pass in your life. I want to see. I want to hear those testimonies, not not just testimonies of you know uh, people pray for me and then things happen. No, no, I've been very good. I mean, I really, really want to hear. Those testimonies where you where you say that you know you search God's word, and this is why he says, I held on to it for 10 years, I held on to it for five years, I held on to it for, for five months, and you know, if I, I was pushed to the corner, this was this was it already, the last moment, and I still held on to it. And God saw me through. I want to hear those kind of testimonies. Do you think God can make those things happen in your life? Amen. Do you think that God can is able to make those things happen? Whatever He says, you hold on to it. I challenge you this year. I challenge you this year. Hold on to God's Word. It has never failed and it will never fail. Heaven and earth may fade, but the Word of the Lord will stand forever. Amen? Amen. Hold on to His Word. And then He said this. Build your faith. Build your faith. I'm like, huh? Build your faith? Okay. And Abraham's faith, it says in verse 19 and 20, very interesting. If you can go back to the scripture in the first two slides, first three slides. Verse 19. It says here, And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was, was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger and in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever He promises. Wow. God said, build your faith. Abraham was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever He promises even before he saw it happening. He was already convinced how many of you are actually convinced that your God is able to do great things? We say it, we sing it. I, sat, I, sat, I stood there just now and I thought to myself, how many of you actually know what you were singing? I will go where you would go. Take the lead and I will follow you to places no one goes. Are you serious? Take the, what, uh, say the word, say the word, and I will follow you. Really? No one else is going, you know. Your logic will jump in, in you know, and you will say, you hey, know where it's dangerous, lah, must be. You look at restaurants, uh, you walk past, yeah, this is what a lot of people go, must be good, lah, I go in there. This is what nobody, yeah, must be really dirty or something, lah, you know, not good, lah, the food, that's why you won't walk in. Correct or not? Correct? I will go where you will go. You are sing until so gung-ho some more, right? Take the lead and I to places no one goes. I stood there, I went, wow. God, if there were really people who would mean what they sang, who would mean this prayer that they make, I'm telling you, you are going to experience a journey of your lifetime. Abraham, believed and was convinced that God's promises would come to pass even before it happened. And something shifted in my spirit. The Lord said this, you don't gain faith when the Lord answers your prayer. I'm like, huh? Hear me, yeah. You don't gain faith when the Lord answers your prayers. You actually grow in your faith in the moments of void. It is the gap between his promises and the fulfillment. That gap is the season where your faith actually grows. It is not when he answers your prayers. Abraham's faith grew. Despite not knowing and not seeing how this fulfillment is ever going to come to pass, a 100-year-old man, a 90-year-old wife Father of many nations, that promise and the fulfillment and that gap is where your faith will be tested and it is supposed to help you grow. It is supposed to help you grow in your faith. But it says here, it says here, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. Means, it was also addressing the part that some people's faith do waver. Some people's faith do weaken during that gap. How many of you agree with me or can, can, can admit nah, that your faith has wavered before during those gaps? Come on. Come, oh, come on. Talking to a real church, right? Real church. I need to talk to real people because I have. Oh, yes. Repeat. That's right. I have. Those gap moments when God said He will do something and then to see the fulfillment, to see it, you don't even see it. You don't even see it. What? Where? What? You, you, you say, ask me the what what, what, what? what? Where? What? What am I supposed to see it? What? I, do, I don't see the end of that promise. I don't even see. It. But that's the gap where some people, some of our faith will either shrink or some of our faith will grow your faith will either shrink or it will grow. Because God allows us to go through, remember I said, God allows us to go through seasons of impotency. God allows us to go through seasons of emptiness. God allows us to go through seasons of quietness. God allows us to go through seasons of nothingness. But it's in those seasons where you hold on to His Word for dear life. Because that's the only thing that you have. You say, God, you said this, you said you would do this, you said you would do this, and you said that I have already, it's already been done. I will hold on to it and I will follow you. Abraham didn't waver in his faith. Understand this, Abraham was called to be the father of many nations. And it seems far from it. It is said that in Abraham's lifetime, he had about 10 sons. From Hagar, from Sarah, and then after that from Keturah another lady. He had about 10 sons. And the only promised seed that God said was from the womb of Sarah. Which means, it's only through one son. How is this one son going, going to cause Abraham to be the father of many nations? Maybe he can be the father of one nation, but many nations, right, It's a bit far-fetched. It's really very far-fetched. He's Hundred over years, he's hundred years old, hundred over years old, and then God tests him again. Remember of his faithfulness and asks him to sacrifice Isaac. Do you remember? And he's like, "Huh? I only have this one son, you know." And 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 you ask him to sacrifice. It just doesn't make sense. I thought you say you're gonna make me the father of many nations, you know. I just don't get. I don't get you, God. Step upon step, every moment of the way God tested his faith. That gap, that walking up that mountain with Abraham, with, with Isaac, and not with any other sacrifice, that gap required faith. That gap required radical faith to bring the son up. And God had already promised him, I will make you a father of many nations. Okay, okay, uh, okay. It's just, I'm reaching the top, God. I'm just going to trust you, you will provide the offering. God's going to bring you through those gap moments. But it's not, to, it's not to discourage you. When God brings you through those gap moments, it's never to discourage us. It's to help you build your faith. Your faith is going to be strengthened this year. Those gap moments are going to come. But if you remain faithful all the way, He will provide for the sacrifice. He will provide for this promise to come to pass. I was telling you, I said, understand this. God has made Abraham the father of many nations, but he only gave birth to one son, Isaac. It would have made more sense, you know, if, if this promise, right, was given to Jacob. Because Jacob had 12 sons. That would be, then they would, they would be the nation of Israel, correct? Why tell Abraham? He never saw it coming to pass. He had one son. One Kiani. One. Only one son. How is this one son going to be the cause him to be the father of many nations? I need you to see this that sometimes God's promises over our over us. Sometimes God's promises over us are spoken prophetically over us. You are only part of that promise to see coming to fulfillment. And the fullness of that promise is only fulfilled in the next generations. Wow! when I heard it, I said, I never understood it that way. Because when I thought, right, when God tell me something means it's for me to fulfill life, for me to see. But guess what? Sometimes the fulfillment of the promise only happens many generations down the road but you play a part in this promise. That's why I said, every single one of you play a part in someone else's promise. Because if you don't obey God at that juncture of your life, this promise will have hiccups. Whatever you are faithful to, whatever God has told you to be faithful to, it's going to reciprocate to your next generation, to your children, to your children's children, to your children's children's children. But you need to build your faith and understand that there is a process in this gap, knowing that God is able to do it. While Abraham didn't know how this promise was coming to, was actually coming to pass, he just believed and played his part. Remember, we must remember this, don't box God in. Don't box God in. He does it creatively beyond our understanding. We get disillusioned. Huh. We get disillusioned and our faith wavers. When we thought, when the things that we thought is supposed to happen didn't happen, we get disillusion and our faith wavers. When we thought what was supposed to happen didn't happen, Abraham had every reason to be this illusion because he only had one son. He didn't even have twins, didn't have triplets, didn't have nothing. One son. How is that even going to happen? We get disillusion when we thought that when God says I will make you a father of many nations means. I will have no Sarah will have many, 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 many more babies. No, it was one. And it was part of that promise. Isaac. And Isaac had Jacob, and then Jacob had the twelve sons. Sometimes the fulfillment is only down the generation. It's only many years down the road will you see those promises come to pass. But that's the gap. When God called Jeremiah, oh, then, this, then the Lord led me to Jeremiah. I'm thinking, okay. And God called Jeremiah, he was a prophet to Judah during that time. To, to, to warn Judah, please repent because God's judgment is impending upon this entire nation if you don't repent. He spent 40 years of his life living out this promise because God said, if they repent, I will, I will, I will save them. If you repent, I will heal them. If you repent, I will take them back in and I will hold back my judgment against Judah, correct? He spent 40 years believing that, some, that he would see it in his lifetime. He didn't. He spent 40 years speaking and, and, and challenging them and encouraging them and calling them back to repentance. He never saw it happening. wow, wouldn't you lose faith after a couple of years already? This is not going to happen. Forty years. And guess how he died? (laughs) History says Jeremiah was stoned by his own people in Egypt. The very people whom he was sent to warn killed him. He never saw the fulfillment but he was a part of that promise. We've become a generation, right, that thinks that God is a Santa Claus. I asked for this, he promised me, he must give it to me. God's going to break the norm. It's not going to happen the way you understand it to happen you just need to play your part. You and I need to play our part in this journey. Because the fulfillment may come in many, many years down the, the road. You just need to be faithful to what he has called you to do. Did Jeremiah waste his life? Some of you say, waste my life lah, like this, you know, 40 years, and then after that, I die already, you know, and no, no, no results or so. No, he didn't waste his life. It was recorded. <laughs> For us to read that a God, this is a God of compassion. This is a God that gave many chances to His people over and over again. That was the purpose. That God would always give His people grace upon grace. That's why 40 years, Jeremiah did not stop believing in a promise that God would do something. And that's why you and I read it today. He probably... People may not understand it and you won't understand it either. You, may, you yourself may not even see whatever God has promised in your life come to pass. Can you accept that? You know why? I'm challenging us to have a real faith in a God who is able to do all things. The things that He say He will do, He will do. But not in the way that you and I understand it to be. Because we have boxed God in and put Him in this cute little container and thinks that He must function. When we press the remote control, He functions it this way. He doesn't. He works in ways that are out of our minds, out of our understanding, out of our thoughts, out of our league. You build your faith not on, not on just what you think is supposed to happen. You build your faith on the very Word that was first given to you. That's what you build your faith on. That's what Abraham built his faith on. God had already said, I have made you a father of many nations. Your descendants will be as vast as the the, the stars in the sky and the sand in the sea. That was the word that he held on to. I don't know what promises that God has given you. You hold on to that promise. How he answers, how long he takes. That's a process of faith. Growing. You're going to grow in your faith this year. We, we, we like to say we want to grow in our faith. We like. But you need to go through that process of walking through the valley of the shadows of death and yet not knowing and yet knowing that the Lord is still with me. Green pastures, He's with me. Valley of the shadow of death, He's with me. In the face of my enemies, He's with me. And He's going to build a church that is strong. Not a church that is weak and is, that is dependent on the mood of things. A church that is strong in His Word. A church that will hold on to His Word. And a church that will not be shaken through any storms and any winds, although anything blows at this church. Amen? That's the church I desire to see. That's the church I desire to to be a part of. That's what I want to see in every single one of you. That this year, from this year onwards, it will be a year where your faith will continue to be built through all that you go through, realising that fact you don't even know whether it will be fulfilled, those promises, but you remain faithful in the process. I pray more than ever this year that we will have people who are strong in their faith, even under when you don't understand what's going on, or you don't see any silver lining in the clouds. I pray that in those gap moments, your faith will be made strong by knowing that this God is true to His Word. This God is true to His Word. I want to be able to live a life where your faith, my faith is so solid, and no matter how rough it gets, it means my faith. It's a means for my faith to grow stronger. It's a means for my faith. To grow stronger. I want to grow in my faith. But when I say that, I've got to be prepared. Because I don't want to be status quo. I don't want to be business as usual. I wonder how many of us will actually still sing the song now. But he wants to build a church that will break out from the norm. He's going to work in ways that you have never seen or imagined to do. He's going to use generations to minister to different generations. The people who are, who are more matured in our midst, your input is valuable. God can use Abraham. God can use anyone. You are the fathers and mothers of faith that will speak of God's goodness in your life and through your life, the experiences that you have, you've had with Him, encourage the younger generation. And you need to bank on His word. Stop looking at solutions and answers from anywhere else. His word is true. And what He says He will do, He will do. But remember, don't box him in and build your faith. In those gap moments when you don't hear him, when you don't understand what's going on, the journey from the bottom of that mountain up to where Abraham sacrificed, that journey was probably a long and hard journey. That nine months, ten months for Abraham to believe that the child would actually be born was a very long journey. Will it really come to pass? Build your faith on His word, His promise, not on how you think it will happen. He will see you through. He will see you through. Amen?